because it's time for the NWO Orthopedic Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studio. Right now. Now. Right here on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM and 105.7 FM WFOB. The Sports Huddle is brought to you by NWO Orthopedics, Frickers, Warner Automotive, by Blanchard Valley Health System, Roto-Rooter, Big B Coffee, by Northwestern Water and Sewer, Wilson Tire, Grit, by MJ Brown Construction Company, Premier Bank, Campus Polyize, by Financial Design Insurance Agency, Snyder's Flooring Outlet, Ohio Automotive Supply, and by Seneca Millwork, Five Star Maintenance, and the Ropey Corporation. Three, two, one, let's hear it. Now, let's go live to Lance and Matt from the Fricker Studios for the NWO Orthopedic Sports Huddle. Welcome on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios on the SBN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB and Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you this Wednesday night. Thank you for making us a part of your Wednesday night. Matt, how are we doing? Well, first of all, let me just say, I miss you. I know you won't say it back. Say it back. Say it back. I no, can't do it. God, you know what? By the end of this se- season of the sports huddle, I'm gonna get you to say it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Getting closer. I got an extra, like, I don't know. What was it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. <laughs> I'm doing good. It's been a very, very interesting week in sports. It's just madness. I would like to congratulate the Ohio State Buckeyes on completely blowing what would have been an exceptionally easy national title win. <laughs> to stay that that game was just painful to watch, man. Yeah, I uh, that I, I turned it off after the second quarter. I was like, I'm done. I'm I, good. Yeah, I I turned it off shortly before halftime, and I was like, Yeah, I don't think I'm going to miss anything. And then I checked the score Tuesday morning. I was like, Yeah, I literally did not miss anything. So I did not miss a single thing. Holy God. But, yeah, I mean, in all sincerity, congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs. Back-to-back national champions. Must be nice. But have that. We have things going on in baseball. The playoffs have happened. Bloody Monday occurred in the NFL and was oddly way more quiet than I thought it would be, which is strange. So, man, it, it's it's been an interesting week of sports. I'm just happy to talk about it with you and with all of our listeners. So let's get after it. we got a great one on deck tonight. That we very much do on this edition of the show. We'll talk with Calvert Head Boys basketball coach John Otterbacher. They got a good win last night against Dan Barry. They're going to be playing Old Fort this Friday night in their second matchup with the Stockaders of the season. We'll also talk with Arcadia Head Boys basketball coach Jordan Benson. He's in his first year as their head coach. They had a one-on-one weekend with a win over Riverdale, but a loss to Dan Barry. And so that'll be exciting to talk with him about. And we'll talk, like you said, we'll talk NFL. We'll talk some of the head coaching changes in the NFL, along with some stuff going on in the world of Major League Baseball. And while we might not be physically at the Frickers in Finley, stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings day. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. So I can get their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, their frickin' chicken chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. Pick up from the carryout window. Dine in. Get delivery through DoorDash. Daily specials, though, are all dine in only. Download the Frickers app. Find them online at frickers.com and matt as you also alluded to by uh saying how much you miss me we will again be uh going our separate ways for uh broadcasts this weekend and we have yet another weekend of some uh, very good games on tap 
We absolutely do. I mean, it's really, really just another great weekend of games. I mean, I, I, I know for myself, I may be a little biased. I'm very much looking forward to that game Saturday for uh, Columbia. That, I think that one's going to be a lot of fun to cover. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that matchup. And honestly, we even have, I don't know if it'll be a good game. It should at least be an entertaining game on Friday between Otsego and Fostoria. That one should be a lot of fun as well. And, you know, get getting the, getting Tom Grine all nice, nice and loose, loosened up, relaxed. I even saw him undo the quarter zip just a little bit the other day <laughs> at the game, which was quite shocking. But no, it's not, there, there are so many good games, man. I mean, yes, I do miss I do miss our BVC and some of our SBC games you and I do together, but yeah, it's, it, it's too good of a schedule for you and I just to sit on one. We need to spread it out and really enjoy it. As Matt said on the WFB side, we'll have coverage of Fostoria both Friday and Saturday, Friday, they take on Otsego. Then Saturday, they hit the road. They take on Columbian. And then Friday night on Classic Hits, we'll have coverage of some SBC River Basketball. Round two between Tiffin Calvert and Old Fort Matt Brown. And I will have that one for you from Tiffin Friday night. And, I mean, we obviously we saw Old Fort uh, play against Calvert in that opening game. Well, one of the opening games, at least as far as the season goes, uh, first week of December. But uh, needless to say, both of those teams a lot better and a lot different for when those teams are going to play a uh, second time around come Friday. Oh, very much so. night and day difference for those teams. I mean, but both of them have really come into their own. They're both having very solid seasons across the board. Admittedly old Fort, a little more solid er, I guess you could say to use a very exact technical term there, but they've, they've really seemed to come into their own. They, they have a good system in place. They're really doing a good job. And Calvert just, they just seem to reload as opposed to rebuild. It's the, it, it's kind of like watching Macomb for football, for Calvert, for basketball. It's really impressive. With that, we'll step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will talk, in fact, with John Otterbacher, Tiffin Calvert, head boys basketball coach here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Fricker Studios. It's 10 p.m. and oh shoot, you didn't make that appointment for your aching knee. Guess what? Northwest Ohio Orthopedics is making it easier for patients to schedule their appointments. Online scheduling is now available. Hop online and schedule right away with whatever day and time works best for you and your family. The new online scheduling benefit is available at all six NWO locations. Finlay, Tiffin, Fremont, Fastoria, Bluffton, and Bowling Green. NWO is always working to make things easier for their patients. Go online, schedule, and bam, done. Frickin' chicken chunks, frickin' chicken chunks, frickin' chicken chunks, frickin' chicken chunks. When there's no time to make food for your holiday party, carry out four pounds of frickin' chicken chunks for only $34.99. Give the gift that always fits a $25 Frickers gift card and get five frickin' bonus bucks free. Let them get what they really want. Hi, this is Dawn from the Classic Hits Morning Show, and I've just heard that not all roofs are created equal. Is that true? That is true, Dawn. It's solely dependent on the people installing it. Hi, folks. This is Matt from MJ Brown Roofing Construction Company in Tiffin, Ohio. We're a family-owned company that's been in business since 1936. We're a full-service roofing contractor that have been working on both residential and commercial roofs. So no matter what type of roof you want, we have the expertise and the crews needed to install and maintain your roof for years to come. Call 419-447-5864 for a free, no-obligation inspection and quote today. 
America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. And by the caring employees of the Ropey Corporation. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you this Wednesday night. We'll have coverage on Friday of Tiffin Calvert basketball into their matchup when they take on Old Fort. You can hear that one Friday night on Classic Hits 96.7. We're now joined by Calvert head boys basketball coach John Otterbacher here in the Frickers Zoom room. Coach, how you doing? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing good. Thank you. Uh, thank you once again to, for taking the time to catch up with us. Always, uh, Always good to catch up with you. I definitely enjoy the conversations. So for you, it was basically like completely hitting the reset button for this team because of all the seniors you lost from last year's regional finals team, rec- broke a bunch of records along the way. How do you kind of even start the preparation for getting ready for this year? Um, we knew we were going to be young and inexperienced, and it was going to take a while for our uh, young guys to get the hang of varsity competition and actually one of our starters was on the far of the freshman team last year and had zero jv experience and he came in about three or four inches taller and uh, more dominant and dynamic than he was last year and it's like we got to get this guy on the floor so it's it's been the guys adjusting and learning to the the speed and the physicality of uh, varsity basketball for sure and along with that, you had uh, tough games, you know, Cardinal stretch to open the year. I know a tough one against uh, Open Door Christian and some other uh, b- pretty big ones throughout the year, uh, early part of the year at least. What can you say about kind of where your team sits at this point in the season? Uh, they're continuing to get better and improve. Um, we go through spells where we kind of lose our way with either offensively or defensively, and it takes us a little bit to get back into it. And, uh, and actually – Last weekend against New Regal, we were down uh, four to seventeen, and we didn't stress at all. We didn't freak out. We just switched up a couple things here and there, and started to get back to cover basketball. And we found a way to win. Was exactly where I was going to go with my uh, next question for you. Was that game against New Regal where the start of, like you said, start of that game, all New Regal, and then shortly after that, you guys find find a way to come back and uh, get a sizable, I think it was a double-digit win for that one too. What were kind of the big things you saw from the team? Was it just kind of the staying positive? Were there, was there other stuff you were saying in the huddle? What was kind of the caveat behind the comeback? I think we, we try to take away the uh, the opposing team's uh, offense and uh, and limit their opportunities. And I don't think we're doing a very good job in our little half-court trap. So we got out of that and started playing tougher man-to-man defense. And we tried to just make it difficult on anything that they do. And the boys finally woke up. And offensively, I think we we're too stagnant at times, standing around and uh, having one person do too much. So we try to get as many people involved as we can. And it definitely worked out in the second quarter on. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios talking with Calvert Head Boys basketball coach John Otterbacher. And one of the really the only guy who got a lot of playing time in times last season uh, was Nick Palm. And he's been very impressive so far. I remember 
Felt like he completely took over that Hopewell game last month that you guys were able to get that win on. What are some of the things you've seen from him? Obviously, we we know he's a great athlete, all-state baseball player. So what's kind of been the conversations like with him in the transition as, you know, role guy last year to kind of the big guy for you this year? He's been a, a great leader on and off the floor. Um, we're a quiet team. We don't have a lot of vocal leaders. So leading by example is what the kids are best at. So we, we allow them to do that. And he sets a tone, whether it be on hard nose on the ball defense or getting us into sets, getting us in a position to be successful. And he does a great job of distributing the ball and just making sure that everybody is in the flow of the game. I heard, you said that you don't have a whole lot of boisterous leaders. Your son, Caden, is not exactly a quiet person when he's on the floor. That's uh, that's for sure. What, what's kind of been the differences uh, for him? You know, last year he got to play a little bit of varsity, but most of the time was on the JV side. What have been some of the big things uh, for him in the transition for this season? Uh, his is he's, – he's just an overall great athlete. Um, and – we tell people that might have thought we would take multiple steps back, but we they got to remember that we got three or four kids typically on our JV teams that could start on most varsity teams in the area. And those guys just need to realize that and wait their turn and step up. And Caden's a dynamic athlete where he gets it done on the defensive end. And then any scoring we get out of him is, is addition. There's He's top five in blocks in the league, top five in steals. He's all over the court. He typically ends up guarding the best player on the opposing team, whether it's a guard or a post. Um, and he's got the athletic ability to steal the ball in air and then go down and dunk. So it's 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 awesome to watch your child be able to do that as you sit in the front row and get to experience that. I know. I remember in the in that Hopewell game, there was that moment where he wanted the dunk. He almost got the dunk, and it's like you just felt that the that the crowd, that the place was about to erupt, and it's just like the ah, oh, if if only he'd have been able to completely get that down. Yeah, he he, and we've been teaching them and preaching to them for their, the last couple of years. Attack the rim as hard as you can go. If you can dunk it, try, and whether it's a close game or a blowout. Um, we want them to try to do that because let's be honest, how many high school kids, college kids, even pros miss wide open layups. So we're, we're okay with them missing dunks because we know that it's going at the basket hard and aggressive. Talking with Calvert head boys, basketball coach, John Honorbacher here on the NWO orthopedics sports huddle from the Fricker studios, classic. It's 96, seven WBVI ESPN, 1430 AM, 105.7 FM WFOB. And kind of across the board, looks like the sophomore class has been doing some good things for you. Some of the guys on varsity, some of the guys at the JV level, what can you say about those guys that, you know, some of them might've got a little bit of time here and there at different levels last year, but you know, I know Gavin Wagner has stepped up in a big way. We've seen a handful of other guys at the different levels do some really good things for you. What can you kind of say about that sophomore class and how they've developed so far? Yeah, Gavin, like I said earlier, I didn't name him, but Gavin Wagner comes in at 6'4 and grew those couple inches, and he's got such soft hands and such quick feet, good footwork. Uh, I believe he – I think Dad said that was his side of the family. So, uh, anyway uh, – very skilled around the basket and it's it's hard to get him off the floor and we're we're going seven eight deep and it's like who do you take out because everybody is available and everybody can score and do everything and then you throw in carter wolf who is just a hard-nosed kid and goes all out at all times and i think 
last week, two weeks ago at the uh, Cedar Point games, he was team MVP in the uh, Open Door Christian win where he had 14 points and just numerous hustle plays. And it's it just goes to show how hard our kids work and how much they enjoy competing against others. Talk with Coach John Otterbacher from Calvert here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios. And there's plenty of guys that uh, you or I haven't named that are key cogs to this team. Uh, Jacob Rombach, uh, that's just the first name that comes to mind. Who are, who are some of the other guys we might not have uh, mentioned by name but are key players for you, whether it's at varsity or at the JV level? Um, you're still looking at Jake Rombach, who's also a tall, lanky athlete. Um, and it we we call all of our kids athletes. They're, a lot of them aren't true basketball players. They're just ready to go and do whatever they need to be successful and try to get our team out on top. And he works his tail off and is one of the most athletic kids on the court and leading the team in rebounding, finishes well around the rim. And just like Caden, he's, he's another leaper that can get up and try to dunk whenever he can. And He's been awesome to watch grow and mature. And then we starting quarterback, we haven't even mentioned yet, uh, Harrison yeah. Schultz, um, just another great all around basketball player does the dirty work, plays hard, gets gritty on defense. Um, it's almost, he's re a reluctant shooter. Like we almost had to tell him it's okay. If you shoot, if you're <laughs> open, like we need you to score. And since then it's, he's been doing extremely well and get more confidence game by game. True or false, that conversation either was during or right before the Margareta game? Uh, right before, actually. <laughs> uh, for those that don't yeah. know, he made the game-winning three in that game. Correct. It was, and it was just a basic 1-4 baseline and down screen in for the guards, and uh, Nick Palm kicked it out and got the game winner against a very dynamic Margareta team who's actually winning the – Bay Division in the SBC right now. So that'll be a good win at, uh, by the end of the season. Talking with Coach John Otterbacher from Calvert here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios. Looking ahead Friday night, taking on Old Fort. Obviously, you guys played them once already, and it'll be the second time, of course, playing. What are going to be kind of the big differences from uh, when you play them this Friday versus when you played them the first week or two of the season? Um, I think we're, uh, we're a better team. We're a more dynamic team. Um, we're a more confident team. Uh, we're getting better at our abilities and understanding what we need to do and how to do it. At game two, you're still learning things and still trying to figure things out. And I think the guys are settling into their roles and their spots and no one to score and post hard or kick it out. And we're just a confident team right now. And looking at things that'll become a lot more clear once you guys uh, get some more, some more league games in, but the SBC River... I don't know the exact word for it, so I'll say it's kind of crazy at the top for, for the time being between you guys, Old Fort, Hopewell, uh, New Regal not too far behind, and you guys are kind of all beating up on each other here for the first uh, month part month or so of the season. Is this kind of the most competitive we've seen the Riverside here over these last few seasons? Oh, uh, definitely true. Um, the last couple of years, it's been top-heavy uh, with us and Old Fort and uh, – it's starting to even out all the way down to teams five and six are very dynamic. And you've got Danbury who's got a kid averaging 24 and another kid's averaging 10. And they're going to, they're going to score a lot on you. Like you said, new Regal is one of the hardest working groups of kids out there and they don't back down from anybody. They're able, they can put up any amount of points and they play hard defense. So our league is more balanced now than it has been in a couple of years. 
And for Friday, what is kind of the message to one, your team for heading into Friday and then kind of to uh, all the fans that are hoping to uh, see you guys get revenge on uh, old Fort with the second time around. Um, we just look at it as we're going one game at a time. And I know reporters and, uh, radio personalities uh, don't like that mentality, but we know that it's going to be one game and it's not going to hurt or carry our season, but we're just going to go work hard and do what we can to put ourselves in a position to take them out and limit their opportunities and be successful on our end of the floor. This has been Calvert head boys, basketball coach, John Otterbacher coach. Thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck on Friday against old Fort and throughout the rest of the way. Thanks for having me. Have a good night. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Arcadia head boys basketball coach Jordan Benson here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios. Think you can't qualify for a car loan because of your past credit, bankruptcy, divorce, even repossessions and charge-offs? Well, think again and turn the corner to Warner. Warner Buick GMC can help you find the money you need for a car. Call 419-429-6157. That's 419-429-6157. Or apply online at warnerbuickgmc.com. Let Warner help you get a car today. For price, selection, and service, Warner won't be beat. For over 100 years, ironworkers have been building America. Do you have what it takes to be an ironworker? Do you like to work with your hands? Do you like to be creative and solve problems? Do you like to be outdoors and don't mind getting dirty? With starting pay of $18 an hour and with medical and retirement benefits, there are ironworker jobs available in Northwest Ohio. To take your career to new heights, call the Ironworkers Local 55 Training Center at 419-382-3080 and build a better future. Come on now, you know you've heard of those famous breadsticks. The ones oozing with cheese and a variety of other toppings you can choose from? That's right, the ones from Campus Poly Ice, the world famous ones. Don't forget Campus Poly Ice for tasty subs, pizza, your favorite beer, and even salads. One of Finley's best kept secrets. Don't forget to try the house-made ranch dressing. Getting your favorite goodie from Campus Poly Ice is easy. Located at 339 South Blanchard Street, Campus Poly Ice offers dine-in, carry-out, or delivery. What you waiting on? Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask Financial Design Insurance Agency in New Regal if auto owners make sense for you. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you until 7.30. We are now pleased to be joined by Arcadia Head Boys basketball coach Jordan Benson here in the Fricker's Zoom room. Coach, how you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, good. Thank you again for uh, taking the time to talk with us. Very, very much appreciated. Yep, not a problem. Happy to be here. So for you, first first year head coach, what was the uh, process for like uh, for you getting uh, getting the job at Arcadia? Yeah, uh, first year there, you know, first uh, first stint as a varsity head coach. Um, so obviously, um, I have my roots a lot. My roots come from um, a basketball powerhouse in, in Liberty Benton, um, and basketball was always personal and meant a lot to me. My previous coaches had a very big influence on not only 
basketball accomplishments, but life in general. Um, been sticking at the junior high level and varsity level one year as a as a JV coach over at North Baltimore. I uh, obviously had ambitions to go up the ladder. Katie had a spot open, went in, interviewed, um, and thought it's a place that I could go over and, uh, you know, put a lot of passion, put a lot of effort into it, put a lot of hard work, and change the program. And went through and interviewed, and thought um, kind of it felt like a good a good decision. So took a chance, and I think it was a good one. Well, first of all, Coach, I do accept your apology for beating me out for the head basketball coach position at Arcadia. Once again, my application is soundly ignored. Don't understand <laughs> why. I I mean, I averaged four points a season back in my playing days. You'd think they'd want that type of offensive output, but <laughs> apparently I'm mistaken. Um, I, I, will, I will ask, in your time, you've actually have gone with a lot of quality coaches that have been involved in a lot of quality programs. Over the years, what are some of the things from each of those programs that you're taking with you into Arcadia to, frankly, really help turn that program around? Yeah, and again, a, a lot of it goes back to, to my roots, uh, where I came from. Um, obviously, being able to play uh, under a great coaching staff at Liberty Benton under, you know, at that time, it was Steve Woolman as the head coach, Mark Marshall as the as the varsity assistant, and Ben Gherkin, um, who was the JV coach. And, you know, a lot, a lot of the things that you know, they taught us as players, I've taken as coaches, you know, hard work, be accountable, you know, be a class act program, um, you know, be respectful and just do all the, do all the things right to be a, be a good young man. And then from there, when, once you have those characteristics, then you can start really talking about basketball. Once you carry yourself, you know, the correct way, then you can start talking about basketball. So that's something that, you know, going over to Arcadia, um, and, you know, I'll say it, swatting the hornet's nest, bringing in change. And I don't think they've seen a pro. I don't think the program's seen someone kind of come in. No, not not speaking ill of, the, uh, of my predecessors by any means, all of them, but, you know, really hold these kids accountable and really, really, really hone in on um, discipline and being respectful. And um, so, you know, just, just doing, take, taking what I've learned from my past as a player and, you know, being surrounded by great players growing up. Um, as well, like I saw, a lot of my teammates went and or went and went and were successful. Obviously, we know Aaron Kraft uh, went and played at Ohio State, so we were able to learn some uh, things from him um, in my playing days. That you know, we talk about just playing hard, playing hard, being the hardest team out there. You know, we're not going to be the most skilled all the time, but we got to play hard. So taking a lot of those things that I've learned from, like I said, that coaching staff, and um, you know, just applying it to the kids, staying consistent at this very uh, at the very front of this, trying to change a program that we do have a lot of talent coming up. And we have a lot of talent currently um, and just staying consistent. Like there, there's no, like, I would sure that I, I would love this. I would love for you guys to interview the kids and see how, see what they say, because we've been very consistent and, and sticking to our guns and we're not going to change because we believe it's for the betterment of the kids moving forward and for the program. So a long winded answer for you guys. Sorry. This is the NWO Orthopedics uh, Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Lance Morris, Matt Talk, Matt Common, talking with Arcadia Head Boys basketball coach Jordan Benson. We like long answers. We like thought out answers. So don't feel uh, don't feel like you have to shorten anything up uh, just because we are on the radio airwaves. Say exactly what you want to say as you did in that previous answer. Uh, but uh, as someone who I, I actually do live in Arcadia now, I've been been there for a little more than a year. What can you say about the community and the support that they've shown you uh, so far since you got there? Yeah, it's been 
you know, I'm always transparent and honest because I, ne- I never try to, I never try to, you know, mislead anybody, you know, coming in there as a new guy, um, coming in very passionate. I think it was received about 50-50, if I'm being honest. There's 50% of the people are buying in and 50% of the people are like, man, this guy's crazy and uh, whatnot. Um, but since then, I would say it took us, we, I mean, obviously you saw we had a big win last Friday against Riverdale. And that was, I think, this was taking about, what, two months now. And I think that was the turning point of if you were at that game, I think you could see the community was buying in now, investing for these kids. It's taken a little bit of time, um, but I am very confident. And, you know, the community has been fantastic. Very good support now from parents. Very good support for administration. And, uh, I mean, it's there's a lot of people in these right spots that care about these kids other than just the coaches that are supporting us. And that is huge. And that's what they need now with a new coach that's kind of, you know, like I said, I use an analogy, swatting the hornet's nest and seeing, you know, what kind of happened. And it, it's been fantastic. So I cannot complain there. I mean, Coach, I, I uh, had the luxury of actually getting to see your head coaching debut early on this year when you guys took on Hopewell Loudon. And I, I got to tell you, I mean, that that passion, that swatting the hornet's nest type of mentality that you're talking about, that that was present from game one for from th- this broadcaster's perspective. So. Uh, hats off to you. That seems like it's starting to take hold there in Arcadia. And in, in terms of the players with the whole swine, the horns nest, I mean, obviously it seems like they're starting to buy in. Have you been gaining a lot of that from the younger guys earlier on, or was it more the older players that you have on the roster that seem to buy in at a quicker rate? So this was a very unique situation where it's been the exact opposite. It's been the younger kids, you know, buying in now. Now, with that said, I mean, this is, you know, we're, we're not, uh, like I said, I don't, I don't beat around the bush. I say things the way they are. Um, and I went in, we, obviously we have no seniors on our roster actually. Um, and you know, it's taken their, their, the upperclassmen have been a little bit challenging, but they've made a lot of strides. Um, you know, s- some more than others. Um, and we hope the others that haven't fully bought in yet are fully going to start buying in because they're starting to see a lot of these younger classmen man make make really big strides like some of these guys have been thrown to the fire and it's trial by fire and i have you know we're young we're young and um they've handled it very well so it's actually i know that sounds crazy but it's been the truth where these younger these younger kids as freshmen and sophomores they are they are hungry they are tired of they they know what's been the arcadia you know tradition not winning many basketball games not you know being successful, you know, I guess all around, all around athletics and they are tired of it. And, um, they, they come into practice every day and we're, we're getting, they come into practice and they battle every day. And it's, it's, it's been very rewarding here in the last two weeks because the, the light bulbs, the light bulbs, you know, came on, the kids are buying in, they're doing, they're carrying themselves a little bit better and a little bit more mature. You know, we talk about, you know, tie those shoestrings a little bit tire, tighter, you know, tie, pull up those pants just a little bit higher and, you know, just come with the practice with a little bit more edge today and just keep trying to get better each day. And it's it's been those freshmen that freshmen and sophomore that, man, they're getting after these juniors and the juniors have now been responding. And it's it's really starting to really starting to be able to change this program for the for the for the long haul, the good way. 
Talking with Arcadia head boys basketball coach Jordan Benson here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios. You mentioned it a little bit before, but you were able to get a win over the weekend against Riverdale. Also did have uh, the game against Danbury that you guys were on the wrong side of. What were some of the things you saw from your team uh, from those games over the weekend? Yeah, I, yeah. Friday night we knew it was, uh, you know, I, 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 we prepared for them all week. You know, we, we did some things that we thought that, you know, we watched on film that they struggled with that we thought if we could speed them up a little bit. And ultimately, it was a game that us, us my, myself as a coach and our coaching staff, on Friday night, we challenged the kids. You know, they're a school twice our size, um, and we haven't beat them in, in a while. And we challenged them that we told them on Friday night, this game's in your hands. Well, we've we've put together a good game plan for you. We're gonna let you guys pick them up full court. We're gonna we're trying to build this foundation on defense, this program on defense, and we're gonna challenge you guys. This game is ultimately yours. Like you guys will determine if this wins, uh, how how that scoreboard reads at the end of the game, and you know what? And I and I was tickled pink. And I, I was ecstatic after that, and I, I was ecstatic just because of the way that that game unfolded. Uh, we had a freshman with 19. We had a sophomore that had 21 and 12 and the kids just flat out played for and it's it's awesome because they played for each other they they celebrate we talk about celebrating each other's successes celebrate your own successes celebrate the team's successes and friday night was a huge win and we did it the right way that we needed to you know in order to create a good foundation uh moving forward we did it the way we needed to defensively um so yeah big win on friday night and that, that 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 does not go to the coaches that goes to the kids because the kids ultimately won that game friday night they bought in they did they believed in each other they challenged them and they and they rose to the challenge and got themselves a very very well deserved win um and then saturday night we knew we would struggle um you know that danbury it's full court pressure it's half court trapping it's 32 minutes of wall-to-wall chaos um Something we talked about to those kids, which was really awesome, was you know I, I told them like you guys are gonna challenge, you guys are gonna get challenged tonight. You're gonna have, you're, you're gonna make errors, um, and we had some stuff going pregame with some kids being sick, but that's not an excuse. But anyways, um, you know, I mean Danbury, that's a that's a it, that defense is suffocating for for teams that struggle against pressure. It's very very suffocating, and we're a young team that suffocate or tr- that has trouble with pressure, so we knew that would be a challenge, but. Um, we had a bad first half and set at halftime, you know, usually the the kids are used to coach coming in there, trying to light a fire underneath them and being a little bit loud. And, you know, I told them, I was like, listen, our game plan is correct. What we're doing is correct. The X's and O are correct. And the full court and then the half court's correct. We just got to learn to execute. We are a young team. We're a young team learning by fire right now. And I said, you know, let's just go out in the second half. And let's let's make sure we play like we did with that energy that we did in Riverdale in the full game. And, you know, the second half was much better. Very pleased. But I knew we'd struggle with that. But proud of the kids that have responded in the second half. And, Coach, uh, you, you talk about the kids. You talk about the, the, the some of these younger players on the team that are pretty hungry and looking to get these moments and get these minutes out on the floor and help turn the Arcadia program around. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, if you just want to go through some of them, some of the players that really have stood out to you so far in the, I guess you could say, pseudo first half of the season. I know it's still yep. early-ish. I mean, we, we can use ish at this point, I believe, to describe yep. where we're at for the season. But uh, about halfway through, who are some of these young guys that are really standing out for you? 
Yeah, one that one that I'm proud of. He's definitely learned trial by fire. He just happens to be our point guard as too, and he has the ball in his hands 80, 85 percent of the time. And that's Isaac Stoner. Um, you know, a kid. He's very, very raw, and we're trying to increase his basketball IQ. We're trying to um, teach him the game of basketball. And, you know, less. You know, one minute, one dribble moves, straight line drives. One dribble, one dribble moves, and you know, straight line pull up, straight line floater, just quick, easy, fundamental stuff that is downhill being aggressive and you know and and he's one that you know we we had the preseason talk about him like hey this is going to be a lot um but i'm not going to put you in a position that if it feels like it's overwhelming then we'll adjust accordingly but you're going to have to learn it's going to be trial by fire you have to be on my right hand you have to be right next to me you have to be listening to what's us as a coaching staff saying there can't be any negotiations you have to do exactly what we say and um you know and then now finally he's starting to play some defense he's starting to sit down and guard um, so, you know, he's one that, you know, he, he's our leading scorer right now as a freshman. Um, he's, he's one of the better on-ball defenders we have as a freshman. Um, you know, he, he is a gym rat. We just need, we need to get him bigger and stronger and all that good stuff because he's a little underweight. But I know in the, in the offseason, you know, he's one of those kids that lives in the gym, lives in, you know, he's a good baseball player as well. Um, he's always doing something athletically. It's, he's one of those kids that he's around. He's always doing something and trying to pull others in. Um, which is fantastic. It's the coach's dream. So he, he's one that's been fantastic for us. Um, like I said, leading score right now, one's probably, you know, coming, he's really starting to step up to the defensive responsibilities and be a leader. Um, he, he, he's usually the one that leads our ball handling and all of our drills during, during practice. So, um, you know, again, it, I'm proud of him and not satisfied by any means. We got a long ways to go, but um, um, he's one of them. And then another one's Owen Raider. Uh, he's a sophomore. Uh, he's our he's our second leading scorer right now, and like I said, he's the one on Friday night that had 21 and 12, and just played a fantastic game. Um, again, young, same thing as same thing as Stoner, young, um, and experienced. This is his first year full time varsity. Um, he's still learning the game, but he's got a lot of skill. He's tall, lanky, um, and he, he's one that's playing hard. We just he you guys are just raw. We just got to teach him the game of basketball. Um, so he's one again, and then um, we got another sophomore right now that. Uh, Creed Keminal as well. Um, I he, there's only one there's only one Creed Keminal in this world. He's a very unique, lovable kid. Um, he's one of those kids that he'll do anything for you. He won't he won't he won't back talk. He'll look you in the eyes. He'll take a butt chewing and he'll go out there on the floor and he'll sell out and he celebrates his team successes. He plays really hard at the defensive end. Um, and just a kid that, like I said, it's easy to love him. It's easy. My my wife actually is is doubles as my wife and varsity assistant and i don't think there's a bigger i don't think there's a bigger fan than my wife than creed than for creed Keminal because he's just such a likable kid such a such a lovable kid and does what he's asked of um and he needs it again he's one of those ones that he's gonna get in the gym this summer and get better just is flat out honest you need to get better they get stronger faster and bigger and um uh, and then the, the last one is um he's a junior uh Cohen Harris, um, one of the upperclassmen that he stepped up here recently in the last in the last few weeks. He's made a lot of strides, and um, he's one of those juniors that I told me just needs to buy in. He needs he needs to buy in to get other people to buy in as well. And he's one of those guys that has finally started doing that for me in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and and coach, I I guess I'll ask this as well because you do have a younger team. You're talking about these kids being gym rats, really getting into it this summer. 
just just to stick with the honesty, because I'll be perfectly honest with you. Love the total honesty we're getting. It's nice to not get canned coach answers, <laughs> and when we do, when we can avoid them. So this has been fantastic. Just full mm-hmm. disclosure on this end. You're more than welcome back here anytime. But um, <laughs> uh, in, in that regard, is there something to be said that as a coach, you're also just kind of waiting for maybe one or two more growth spurts for these kids too, since they're still early teens for the most part. Is that? Something in the back of your mind as well, where it's like, okay, gotta get them in the gym, gotta do this, and also maybe there's another two or three inches somewhere in there that may sprout up in the next year or two that we're gonna have to prepare for as well. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. It's I mean, there's never, in my honest opinion, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or glow myself up or on my staff. I mean, the brightest days of Arcadia basketball are ahead of us. Like, I, I mean, we have talent in seventh and eighth grade. We have talent as a freshman class. We have talent as a sophomore. Like, our best days are ahead of us. And we joke around about our varsity team, only three kids can drive. Like, only three kids have driver's license. So we joke around, like, literally, their parents still drop them off for practice. And they're coming in, they're logging 32 minutes of varsity action. And, and we joke, we laugh about that. Cause we just forget how young we are. And, um, yeah, and again, there's, there's going to be, I mean, so the Creed Kemenal kid, his his dad's tall and he's gonna grow like he's a sophomore the uh, the raider kid is already six six foot six foot one he's gonna grow like he's gonna put on muscle these these kids have still got to go through you know <laughs> the the adult stuff like it, it's it's and then stoner his dad's his dad's a tall guy his brothers were tall so his growth spurts coming and his body's gonna develop and grow in and and yeah it's it's exciting it, i mean it's exciting because we still got a it's exciting because they're, I know they're going to get in the gym. I know they're going to work at this. And then, you know, the rest is going to take care of itself when they start getting growth spurts and developing. It's like, man, it's like our future's bright. Our future's bright. Very, very bright. Talking here with Jordan Benson, Arcadia head boys basketball coach here on the NWO. Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Classic Hits 96.7 WBBI. ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM. WFOB looking ahead to Friday night, taking on Liberty Benton, a team that obviously has been very good so far this season. And as a Liberty Benton guy, it's it's probably going to be a little different for you, aside from you know all the good stuff of being able to play them. But they've got a new coaching staff as well. So what are kind of some of the things you're looking forward to in that one Friday? Yeah, and I, I don't mean to correct you. We got a game tomorrow night, Tuesday, and we we take it one game at a time. So our our attention and focus is we got to prepare for Gibsonburg tonight um a team that is winless and and that is we watch them on film very they're not they're not no 19 our kids our kids have got to understand something they if they do not come ready to play tomorrow night that team that gibsonburg team is very hungry for a win they've gotten better we watched them on film they've progressively gotten better and if we don't come ready to play tomorrow night we don't like we're gonna have a tough time even it's gonna be even more of a tough time preparing for lb on friday night so but yeah so our focus is on Gibsonburg right now, but obviously going into uh, Liberty Benton on Friday, very watching them on film. My goodness. Um, they are hard to score on. They play hard. That coaching staff has done a great job over there. Um, you know, to beat Arlington, who I think is one of the better teams in our league, um, it just says a lot. It's a testament to what they're doing over there. You know, you just don't win. It, it, it's funny. You know, we, we, will, we will definitely tell the kids, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, um, and Friday as well, that when you look at their box scores, when you look at their stats, nine turnovers a game, 
They're giving up 34 points a game defensively. They're only scoring, I think it's like 54 or somewhere. It's below 60. And they uh, have high assist, you know, ratio, high assist to turnover ratio. It's just the fundamentals of basketball. And that, and that got put in place by, you know, the previous coaches there. There's a standard that was set place there by, you know, by Steve Woolman and Ben Gurkha maintained it. And LB did, or with the new coach as well. And he's maintaining it, doing a great job. We'll watch them on film. They, they defend the ball better as well if not better than the best anything we've seen on film and um challenges again we, we just got to go over there and battle but go over there and battle make it hard for 32 minutes understand that it's going to be on those games it's going to be tough to get straight line drives they're going to be constant pressure and um you know just looking forward to it um going over there like i said yeah we'll be it's all it's always weird going back to where you came from um, but again, that, that's a great community. I have a lot of respect for a lot of the people that are there, the administration that's there, the coaches that are there. So, um, nothing, nothing but love to go back over there, you know, you know, to, to see the, see the old school and, um, you know, just see some familiar faces is always a fun time, but we got to prepare for Gibsonburg first. <laughs> yeah. And, and coach looking at that Gibsonburg game, uh, one thing that stands out to me, it seems like, uh, seems like the home cooking at Arcadia has been pretty good this year as both wins have come at home so far this year what what can you tell us about the atmosphere that you guys get at home that really seems to help you guys out a little bit in that regard yeah i i mean i look at our gym as it's a small gym we got i I tell the kids we got we got shooter we got a shooter's gym it's small loud the rims are you know a little bit soft and the nets are a little bit you know like tight it's like it's a shooter's gym so um and you know once it does get loud in there it does get loud because it's so small you know it's again uh, i told you i'm not i live my life on the sleeves i live my I put my motion on the sleeve to try to control as best as i can um and you know friday night again at riverdale you know it's 53 50 with eight seconds left and our gym's like almost silent and i'm looking around and i'm looking at my coaching staff looking at the kids and my and my kids are the the cheerleaders and the kids are the only one cheering it's like I'm looking around, so I gotta turn to the crowd and tell them, you know, get a little, get a little energy behind this. Like, you know, get a little bit of, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it was, but you know, finally we got that place loud. The kids ended the game on a defensive stop with a turnover for a fast break layup and uh, hit at the buzzer to win by five. And so hopefully, you know, we can get the community to understand that, like, we gotta have loud gyms, we gotta have energetic gyms, we gotta have passionate gyms, and because that feeds the kids. I mean, the kids. I mean, we talk about um, representing the community. You know. You know, let let's let's give people a reason on a Friday, Saturday night to come to the gym. Let's 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 put seats in the stands. Like nobody, like they're entitled to not come to our games or not do whatever. But how about we make them come here? How about we give them a good product and we force them to come here? And when they come out and watch us, we give them a good show. Like we reward them for you know the the price of admission type thing. So, but yeah, it's it's uh once that gym does get rocking, it does get loud in there. So I do I do like that a lot because it's a small little gym, so that it echoes. So it's a good environment when that thing gets rocking. This has been Arcadia Head Boys Basketball Coach Jordan Benjamin. Coach, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck the rest of the way, and we look forward to seeing what you can uh, you can build up there at Arcadia. Yes, good. Thank you, guys. Go Redskins. With that, we'll go ahead and step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll get ready for the NFL playoffs here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios. Great news, Fostoria. The new watershed near the corner of 4th and Finley Streets is now open. 
This watershed offers another convenient location in the southwest corner of town to purchase pure water. You can also use the watershed off of Plaza Drive. Both watersheds are open 24-7 every day of the year. So grab your quarters and your containers and head to the closest watershed near you. For more info, go to nwwsd.org. Seneca Millwork is now hiring. They have third shift general labor positions available with a starting pay of $17.51 an hour with a $0.25 cent shift differential for the third shift. Seneca Millwork offers medical, vision, dental, life insurance, and a 401k contribution. Apply online at SenecaMillwork.com or apply online through Indeed. Come work at Seneca Millwork located at 300 Court Place in Faustoria and part of the Ropey Holding Company family. Welcome to Bigby Coffee, your home away from home that picks you up and leaves you in a better mood than when you arrived. No matter who you are, we know we'll have a drink for you, and her, and him. You see, here at Bigby, we can customize our drinks for each person, dairy or no dairy, coffee or no coffee. We've got you covered, hot, iced, or frozen. Bigby Coffee is one of a kind, just like you. With locations on Tiffin Avenue and Trenton Avenue in Finley to serve you. Roto-Rooter is always the first name you think of when you have problems with your sewer system or any other household drains. Tim Munger and Roto-Rooter will thoroughly clean your sewer system, sink, shower drains, and toilets. The Mungers have been serving the Faustoria and Seneca County area for over 65 years. Give Tim Munger a call at 419-435-3360. That's 419-435-3360 for all of your drain cleaning needs. And away go troubles down the drain. Back, we are here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios. Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, Lance Morris, Matt Common, hanging out with you here. Big thanks to John Otterbacher from Calvert and Jordan Benson from Arcadia for joining us on the show tonight. If you missed any part of our show or just want to hear it again, head over to WFOB.com, click on the podcast page. You can hear today's show and our shows and interviews from past seasons as well, and we might not be physically at the Frickers in Finley, but stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings day. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. Tonight, you can get their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, their frickin' chicken chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. Pick up from the carryout window, dine in, or get delivery through DoorDash. Download the Frickers app to see more and to place an order. Find them online at Frickers.com. And Matt, we uh, we we need to get into this uh, talking NFL playoffs. They get started this weekend. And we'll we'll take a, a closer look kind of at all of these different matchups, see what you like, what you don't like, because it is is the first weekend of the super wild card weekend with the expanded playoffs. So I guess we'll we'll start there. Do you like how they've ex- expanded the playoffs to go from the six to the seven, and only the top seed gets the buy in each conference now? Honestly, I kind of do. I I kind of do. Um, it gives more incentive for teams to play the full slate of games. Historically speaking, you run into teams that will rest their starters for like the last week or two. And then those teams usually get bounced in the first week of the postseason. So I think it does add a little more incentive to it, which is nice. Um, and, and I like the fact that you're giving another one more team a shot. I, I don't think it's outrageous to say that in the NFL, anything can happen if you give teams a shot. I mean, for Pete's sake, the Seattle Seahawks went in with a seven to nine record one year. And we're like a field goal away from the con- going to the conference championship game. It's you, you can have those types of moments occur. You can have things like that happen. And B 
being able to include in our team, I'm actually all for it. I really am. If you're going to, if you're going to add more postseason and take away preseason, I'm going to support that endeavor every time. So I like it. I, I'm definitely, it's, I'm a bigger fan of it than I thought I would be. First game of the slate Saturday Seahawks against the 49ers. And if you had told someone before the season that Geno Smith would be playing Brock Purdy in a playoff game, I would have told you a no chance in hell, just based on everything we'd seen prior to this year from Geno Smith. And then I would ask who the hell is Brock Purdy? What are your thoughts on uh, what we're going to see in that one? I I think the more important question is why is Brock Purdy? Right. (laughs) No, I mean, look, I think it could be a good game. I really think the 49ers defense is next level and I, I do expect them to win, but the fact that they don't have Jimmy G running the show, it's going to be Purdy, who's done a decent job of the defense, has really carried them for the most part. Um, I think they'll still win. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people probably anticipate because I think the Seahawks receiver core is not just good, they're deadly. And I, I think plausibly Seattle can go punch for punch for, with them offensively if Geno Smith can get going and if the running game can get going. So it's going to be close. I'm, I'm giving the edge to San Francisco, but I think it'll be a much better game than people realize. At, at some point, I feel like we have to have the conversation with what Kyle Shanahan can do with quarterbacks. And I know you already said the defense has been primarily how they've been winning games, you know, the last month or so of the season. But the fact he went from, Trey Lance to start the year, and granted, he got hurt, but we didn't see a whole lot of good stuff out of Trey Lance in the little bit he was healthy for. And then no. Jimmy G, we knew, we knew, you know, steady as she goes with Jimmy G, she's not going to win you a whole lot, but he's not going to lose your game either. And they've trans translated that over now to Brock Purdy doing essentially a JV-ish version of Jimmy G, for lack of a better term. At what point do we just, like, at what point does Kyle Shanahan kind of, I guess, maybe, I don't know if he does, doesn't does get the credit he deserves or if there's another way of talking about that. Kind of, What's kind of your thought on what we've seen Kyle Shanahan do since he got out to San Francisco? So I think the big thing to keep in mind with Kyle Shanahan, I view it as he finds people and builds the system around them, not builds them around the system. So, I mean, you saw it when he had Matt Ryan in Atlanta. He was running a lot of air and out stuff. You saw it when he was in Cleveland, trying to do a little bit more West Coast, maybe hit the ground a little bit more. Now in San Francisco, he switched from it being the, you know, Jimmy G passing, all this fun stuff to the ground, a little bit more ground and pound with Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, go to a bit more simple kind of playbook to make it easier on Brock Purdy. And even saw it in fleeting moments with Trey Lance, who I'll, I'll be candid. I think he's going to be a bust. I do not see that working well. It's just, it, I feel bad saying it. I just don't think the kid has that it factor. I really don't. But even when he was out there, he had switched to more of a scrambling and a more fluid type of offense. So I'm not sure if you want to give Kyle Shanahan like quarterback whisperer status by any means. I certainly wouldn't. But I think he's one of those few coaches out there that checks his ego at the door 
when it comes to which quarterback he has and what type of offense he runs because of that quarterback. So I give him credit. I, I think Kyle Shanahan is a phenomenal coach. Um, don't let him have a lead in the fourth quarter, though. <laughs> Just don't. Doesn't matter the situation. Don't let him have a lead in the fourth quarter. It it could be ninety. It could be ninety five to three. Don't let him have that lead. <laughs> Tell him that the lead didn't happen. He's still down by ten with two minutes to go. It's just don't let that man have a lead in the fourth quarter. That's all I'm going to say. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's uh, let's transition to the other game on Saturday. The one I have the more vested interest in uh, with the chargers taking on the Jaguars. And you, you got, you don't get much better of a quarterback matchup, at least uh, in terms of the future that both of these quarterbacks can have with Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, a couple top picks over the last few years. And these teams, I mean, they did actually play this season, but it was it was back in week three. Herbert had just came off of the injury against the Chiefs. They were without Keenan Allen. Mike Williams got hurt actually during that game. He only had one catch in that first matchup. So that side's going to be different. But also, on the same note, the Jags have been actually a very good team over the last month or so. How do you, how do you end up seeing this one play out? Well, first of all, the 2023 Rose Bowl between Justin Herbert, the Oregon Ducks, and the Clemson Tigers of Trevor Lawrence. I'm really excited about this outcome. Should be fun. Lots of great draft prospects out there. But no, in all seriousness, these are two young gun quarterbacks that are getting to go at it. Do, do I think one's better than the other? I do. I think Justin Herbert is better than Trevor Lawrence, if you were to ask me right now. Uh, but that to be perfectly candid, I've never been someone who's been completely on the Trevor Lawrence. Say, you, you, you've, you've never exactly been in love with Trevor Lawrence. It's He has always been the, he's going to be good. I don't see where people see he's going to be great kind of quarterback. So I think he'll be good, I, and I think this is a great young matchup. Um, I am, and I apologize in advance, I am pulling for the Jags, though. For I what really purpose? Not it's nothing against the Chargers. I like the Chargers. I like Justin Herbert. You have like 18 I, teams. You can't root for the Chargers as one time. I'm rooting for the Chargers also, but if you were to put a you know, put it to paper that I have to sign it and document, I'd probably gonna say I'm rooting for the Jags a little bit. Only because only because they had to suffer Urban Meyer last year. Yeah, that was their own fault. It was their own fault. <laughs> But it they, wasn't the they didn't have fault. to make was, him the coach. I agree. But since they <laughs> suffered Urban Meyer last year, there's a small part of me that's like, I'm kind of pulling for them. But really, I will say, I think this might actually be the best game of the weekend. I think it could turn out to be a great game. Christian Kirk and Travis Etienne are really coming in their own as playmakers in this offense. Same thing with Evan Ingram. I mean, you look at what the Chargers have done. They, they have stopped the blowing it tendency they've had in games as of late they've done a really great job with that and the, the fact of the matter is there is a lot of talent on both of these squads i i think whoever wins this one might actually push some of the teams at the next in the next week so the 49ers seahawks game should be good i kind of get the feeling this one could be great so we'll see it should be a good one all the same i mean you we haven't mentioned him yet so he very much deserves mention but what Austin Eckler's done throughout this season, especially considering that they've had multiple weeks without both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I mean, he's he's essentially had to put the team on his back a couple of these a handful of these games. 
Oh, without question. He's uh, Austin Eckler has absolutely done great service to himself as a player and as a top tier player in the NFL at the running back position. He's done a wonderful job. So I am completely in alignment with you on that. He has really done some great work. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios. Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB Lance Matt Common hanging out with you here. Big thanks to John Otterbacher from Calvert and Jordan Benson from Arcadia for joining us earlier on in the show. Continuing with our NFL playoff preview for this coming weekend. Just got done talking Saturday. So let's now look at the Sunday matchups and First of those matchups is another division rivalry matchup with the Dolphins taking on the Bills. And the Bills, I mean, or the Dolphins rather, they, they've they've certainly slipped into the postseason and found their way in. They did not win a game actually in the entire month of December. And yeah, you got to keep in mind they did play some tough teams. They played the Niners, Chargers, Bills, and the Packers all in the month of December. They somehow beat the Jets last week to secure a playoff spot and it Looks like they're going to be without Tua after suffering another concussion, but you got to be curious on the flip side with the Bills, with everything that's gone on, you know, emotionally with Demar Hamlin the last few year for you a uh, few weeks. What what do you see taking place uh, in that one on Sunday? So first of all, let's break the news out here for anyone that may not have heard earlier, but Demar Hamlin has officially been discharged from the hospital. Who the hell cares about everything else? At this point, that's that's phenomenal that he bet that he's been discharged. That's incredible. Hope for a speedy recovery from because he was definitely proven himself to be a very talented defensive back in the NFL. And here's hoping he can be like some of the hockey players out there that have suffered the same situation and be able to have a very long and healthy career. Having said that, I'm very concerned for Buffalo now that there may be an emotional letdown. You have, you have been riding such an aggressive, emotional wave between DeMar, the incident happening, him recovering, talking to the team, getting better. You're now on the other end of it. I'm a little concerned for them to actually be able to keep that energy going because they've had to burn and expel so much energy to try and just stay on top of themselves and make sure that they're okay. So I think if Miami's completely healthy, this turns into a very interesting game. I personally think Buffalo's still going to win just because you're starting a rookie quarterback for Miami. You still have some injury issues. And frankly, even with all the emotions running high, the bills are still probably the best team in the AFC. So I'm going to give the edge to the Bills. Sorry, Dad. Giving the edge to the Bills. I think the Dolphins might push them, but I think the Dolphins are going to have to wait one more year to really come into their own as a team to beat the AFC. I mean, that's I mean, that's part of the whole story for the, the Dolphins' side is the fact that probably going to be without Tua. We don't know for sure at this moment in time whether or not he can play. All signs look to him not being able to play. And you might get fortunate enough and be able to get Teddy Bridgewater back. But if not, you then have Skylar Thompson as the quarterback. And I mean, between what Skylar Thompson really hasn't done a whole lot of in his short time with the team and the fact that Teddy Bridgewater has been an okay quarterback at times, but even then 
has never been, you know, the guy you build around or anything like that. So it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, especially depending on what quarterback actually does take the field for Miami, if they can tap into any semblance of the offense they had when they were firing in all cylinders with Tua. Well, I mean, look, Tua is, I'm going to use car analogies here. Tua is a Ferrari, incredibly capable, very fast, all sorts of bells and whistles with it. Great stats, phenomenal connection with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Made of the daintiest porcelain in all the land, though. And that is a very big concern. And frankly, joking and Kane about aside, he has some serious questions he needs to ask himself this offseason with two serious concussions in one season. That that's he's got some major questions he needs to ask. It's plausible the Dolphins are quarterback hunting this offseason, not because they want to get rid of Tua, but because he has to retire for medical reasons. So that's something to really pay attention to. But flip side of that, Teddy Bridgewater is a Chevy Malibu. There is nothing flashy about him. There is nothing to he you are gonna fit your groceries in the trunk. You can have the kids in the back seat as you're driving. There's decent headroom. It's it's as basic as basic can get, but he'll get the job done. So then is Skylar Thompson like a go-kart or he could either be a go-kart or he could be a fighter jet. We don't know. That's the <laughs> problem with rookies in this situation. And I, I think you couldn't pick a worse team for a rookie to have to go against than the Buffalo Bills with guys like Tredavious White, with Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver, Tremaine Edwards. I mean, or Terrell Edmonds, excuse me. I mean, it's just a stacked, stacked defense as well. So we'll see. It's We'll, we'll find out what kind of car Skylar Thompson is if he ends up being the starter for that postseason for the wildcard game, but my money's on the bills. Just, I, I think there's too much working against Miami in this one. As of right now, another game for Sunday's slate is giants against Vikings and kind of a battle of two teams that no one thinks are super good. You have two quarterbacks that you don't really trust in Daniel Jones and Kirk cousins. What are kind of your expectations for this matchup? So I guess I must be in the extreme minority. I think the Vikings are that good. I really do. I know they've won a lot of close games, but fact of the matter is you have to compete in those games. They've competed in basically playoff environments for about six weeks now. And they've been able to get some of the monkeys off their back of winning the NFC North again, being able to beat the Packers. They obviously lost the Packers most recently being able to win close games with Kirk Cousins, not having the interception battle with Cousins, getting the whole offense going. More importantly, they have Justin Jefferson, who I would make an argument right now, even with all the other receivers out there, I could make a compelling argument right now that Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the NFL. And I would even go so far as to say it's not really that close. Just, I'm going to leave it there for the time being. That's something we can debate another time. But for me, I, I think the Vikings play very well in this game. I think they have a good setup. I think being home for this one is going to help them out. Daniel Jones, this is first playoff experience. So really it's a rookie. Saquon Barkley's had a good year. Some of the receivers have started to slowly catch on. But at the end of the day, I think Minnesota just has too much ammunition offensively. So I think the Vikings, I think they're going to win. I'll 
take it a step further, I think it's probably going to be the ugliest game of the weekend. I think they're going to roll pretty decisively in their matchup against the Giants. But also, I think another thing to at least keep in the back of your mind is you have a first-time head coach for both of these teams yep. in uh, in the Giants and in the Vikings. Does that factor in at all? Maybe not even in this game for whoever wins, but maybe could rear its head at some point further down in the postseason. I mean, I think it could if it weren't for the fact that both of these first-time head coaches have really proven themselves to be very good head coaches. I mean, what what Brian Dable's done in New York is nothing short of remarkable. He re- revitalized Saquon Barkley's career. I mean, now there's a chance they'll actually sign him back as opposed to let him hit the open market in some capacity. Daniel Jones actually has looked competent, which if you said that sentence out loud a season ago, someone would laugh at you, realize you're serious, and then start laughing harder. And they've, he's done some good things with the offensive line as well. So offensively, he's really tightened things up. Defensively, there's still a bit of a work in progress, but they look better. And then for Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, I'll call it as is. I thought the hiring of Kevin O'Connell was a colossally bad move initially. I thought it was a bad, bad fit. I thought they should have gone defense as opposed to offense for in terms of the type of coordinator they go looking for. But what he's been able to accomplish, getting Kirk Cousins to be a very complete quarterback, getting some good play out of both Madison and Dalvin Cook, one of my favorite running backs, and the fact that he just lets Justin Jefferson eat and just feast on defensive backfields. It's he, They've done some really good things. They've looked to be very competent head coaches. So honestly, I don't really think it impacts them, even going later into the postseason. I, I think they're... I think they're pretty legit head coaches. Honestly, the first year head coaches that you had this year, guys like Dable, he's done good. Uh, Mike McDaniels, I think, is just a revelation in Miami. I've been incredibly impressed with him, even if the record at the end of the year wasn't that great. And uh, O'Connell, very, very good as well. It's A lot of these first-timers look the part. So I don't think it'll mess with them too much. Yeah, but a lot of the, some of the other first-timers – uh, Nathaniel Hackett. We don't talk about Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> Just like you don't talk about Bruno, you don't talk about Nathaniel Hackett. I'm sure there's a Broncos fan out there that just started twitching involuntarily because <laughs> we said the name Nathaniel Hackett. That, that that was, you know what? Little 10 sec, 10, 15 second rant on that one. Go for it. There's a reason if the coach is an offensive minded coach, you don't hire his offensive coordinator because he's probably not the one calling the plays, just filling that position. Just like you don't hire Bill Belichick defense, Bill Belichick coordinators, because it's just Bill Belichick and he has to fill those positions by law. They're not actually good. He's doing all the work. They just fill the positions. So sorry, rant over. It's I'm done. <laughs> and and while the, while the coaches themselves may not impact the game, at least in a negative way, there is, there is a very big difference, though, Matt, between 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins and any other time Kirk Cousins. Well, that may be, but you know what? That's where you just put Kirk Cousins in a Groundhog Day-esque scenario with a lot of VR, make him assume it's always 1 o'clock, and you're fine. Yeah, time after yeah. that, though, okay, it's a little bit of a concern. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know how often you can actually uh, – 
do that before he catches on. Like, hey, it's not one. Look, you just have to convince him three times between now and the Super Bowl for the Vikings. I mean, if somehow the Vikings do get to a Super Bowl, there, there's no shot you can convince him it's it's 1 p.m. You just can't. No. That one, once he's at the Super Bowl, it's like, okay, bud, guess what? It's actually not 1 o'clock. <laughs> Because the Super Bowl has never started at one o'clock. I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> that was so. That was just gonna have to cowboy up here. <laughs> if if that if anything like what we're joking about were to actually take place, it would be a literal real life Truman Show. It could be. <laughs> it very well. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Her cousins runs out on Super Bowl Sunday as he's being introduced. It's not daytime. <laughs> like his entire reality has been warped and distorted. Yeah. Oh God, we're idiots. <laughs> and the final game of the postseason, at least as far as Sunday is concerned, another division matchup Ravens against Bengals and even weirder part, it was actually also the final regular season game for both of these teams. The Bengals won by a score of 27 to 16. Never truly that close of a game. The Ravens, they've also been without Lamar Jackson for the last month or so at this point. Is there really any reason to think the outcome this Sunday is any different from last weekend? Yeah, no, kitty go meow. Um, kitty go meow. Bengals are going to win. It's going to be pretty, pretty aggressively one-sided i think so to, to quote the great tom grassy can you go meow it's it's gonna be a runaway i mean how much does it help the Bengals the fact that they went through everything they did in the postseason and the fact that they're you know pretty healthy at least at this point of the season considering you know jamar chase had missed whatever percentage of the games he did because of his own injury and even if the Ravens do, by some chance, get Lamar Jackson back, he, he's definitely not going to be at 100%. Well, that's the thing. I mean, just to call it as it, that's entirely the situation there. It's that the Bengals have gone through this, and they're healthy, and they're doing good. They're starting to peak at the right time, again, to really make a run of it, where the Ravens are pulling a classic John, John Harbaugh offense and team overall without an elite defense backing him up. They start to crumble once they get to the postseason. Also, best running back in the NFL, Lamar Jackson, he is having a serious staying healthy problem. And I'll take it a step further. There's a small part of me that thinks he might already be thinking about next year and what team he might be on. Because I'm going to throw a huge curveball here. I do not think Lamar Jackson is a starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens next year. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I do. I genuinely, in my heart of hearts, I do not believe that he will be the starting quarterback next year for the Baltimore Ravens. And the reason behind that is quite simple. I think they have done such a horrific job building around him that he's going to want out. So I I am, I am saying that he's probably going to be done and 
I, I don't really see him coming out for this game. So if, if there's no Lamar Jackson with respect to Rashad Bateman, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Andrews, whoever they put in a quarterback, they, they're just not going to keep up with Joe Chill and Jamar Chase. They're just not. So kitty go meow. Bengals will win. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you. Big thanks again to John Otterbacher from Calvert and Jordan Benson from Arcadia for joining us on tonight's show as we continue our look at the opening round of the NFL postseason. And the last game is the one that Matt will have a special look at with the Cowboys taking on the Buccaneers. And of course, because of how the format works, the Bucks, the beneficiary of winning a bad division in the NFC South, they finish the year eight and nine and get to host the 12 and five Cowboys just because they happen to share a division with the Eagles. The Bucks certainly haven't looked like an amazing team really at any point of the season. They did beat the Cowboys 19 to three, but that was, that was way back week one. There was no Dak Prescott out there for the Cowboys. What do you what do you expect to see in this one? Well, the greatest team of all time, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are going to ascend and clearly seize the day and fire the cannons. That's what's going to happen. I can't answer this question. I'm very biased <laughs> on this one. Um, no, I'm, well, little side note, it is worth knowing Dak Prescott was in that game. He just got knocked out of that game by the end of it. Right. So he did actually play in the week one matchup. So. I don't know. Uh, for me, it is it, it it's a tough it's a tough call. It really is because both teams kind of limped their way into the postseason. Tampa especially has been having issues. That I'll say this right now: if, if Tampa Bay during this offseason, if somehow Tom Brady sticks around for one more go, so they can get one of the guys from next year's draft class for QBs instead, but if they don't fix this running game, I'm going to personally volunteer to come be the running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Leonard Fournette is not the answer. Rashad White seems okay at times. Keyshawn Vaughn is somehow buried on that depth chart, even though every time he plays, he looks good. It's just their run game is so bad, but their passing game is so good. It's just, it's, if they can even partially get the ground game going, I don't know if Dallas can keep up. I really can't. So I'm going to give the edge to Tampa. I think this is going to, this will be the closest game. Note how I didn't say it's the best game. It's going to be the closest game. I think this one's going to be an ugly turd fire of a playoff game. Neither team is healthy at this point. They're both just kind of like, limping their way in hoping to get past this week so they can get a little bit more healthy and try and make a legit run of it between home field and the fact that Tampa should be getting back Tristan Wirfs and Donovan Smith on their offensive line this week I'm going to give the slightest of edges to them don't watch it for entertainment if you want to watch it as a good football game you're going to be disappointed it's going to be an ugly football game but it should at least be a close game. And the, I think biggest thing to think about aside from everything that revolves around Tom Brady is on the Cowboys side, depending on how the game goes, win, lose, whatever might happen. 
if it's ugly enough, if it's a bad enough loss, it very well, Mike McCarthy's it, gone. I, I was gonna say it very well could mean the end of Mike McCarthy there. Yeah, Mike 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 McCarthy is gone unless they win the Super Bowl because Jerry wants to bring his boy Sean Payton home. Jerry absolute Jerry's world is not going to rest until one that picture of him from segregation era south of the 1950s is removed from the internet through lawsuits and other things to try and keep his horrific character growing up under wraps. And number two, that he gets Sean Payton back. Those are the only two things that matter to him right now because he thinks the coaching is the thing that's the missing link. Pay no attention to the decreased play of his offensive line. Ezekiel Elliott continuing to decline as Tony Pollard continues to ascend. He thinks he's just the coach. So if that's the case, yeah, for Mike McCarthy, it's Super Bowl or you're unemployed again, I think. So he's really got to watch out for that. I mean, the Sean Payton to to Cowboys rumors, I feel like I've heard them the entire time Sean Payton was a coach, like aside from the year that the Saints won the Super Bowl. I feel like every year it's been, oh, you know, Jerry just can't wait to bring Sean Payton home to the Cowboys. Well, and that's because... Jerry Jones has been on record as one of his greatest regrets was handing the reins to Jason Garrett instead of Sean Payton. <laughs> he, he, he has stated on record that that is one of his biggest regrets that he wishes he would have before Payton had gotten away from him, had upgraded him to the head coach instead of waiting and then making it Jason Garrett. So I don't blame him. I mean, if you told me to choose between Jason Garrett and Sean Payton, I'm picking Sean Payton. So hard to disagree with him on that one. But yeah, it's I. Those rumors persist, and those rumors continue to persist because they're not rumors. Jerry Jones wants Sean Payton as his head coach. Can we? I know. I know this won't actually put any sort of dent in anything around the country as far as you know some of these premier spots for analysts color commentators, all, all that sort of thing. Can we stop giving former Cowboys that aren't named Troy Aikman or Tony Romo, can we stop giving them premier broadcasting jobs? I am okay. so, so, Hold on. so, Hold. I'll, I'll let you speak in a moment. I am so <laughs> tired of Jason Garrett ruining Saturdays for me when Bree and I are trying to watch Notre Dame games because he's on the Notre Dame games. And then on Sunday Night Football, I got to see his ugly mug on Sunday night football, either in the studio or sometimes he'll fill in as like a three man booth for NBC games with Tariko. He doesn't provide anything worth note. He just doesn't. I don't need to hear from Jason Garrett. I don't want to see Jason Garrett. Get him off my TV screen. You can talk now. I was just going to say Jason Witten does a good job, but I agree with you on Jason. (laughs) Jason Witten did a bad job. That's why they got him out. He did a good job compared to Jason Garrett. <laughs> Which is selling you all you need to know about why they keep why I'm mystified that Jason Garrett keeps getting opportunities. I was actually slightly upset when I saw oh I interviewed at Stanford. I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing with NBC and with Notre Dame. Me and Bree were both literally like, no, why? You were very upset about it. You actually brought it up to me how upset you were about it. I know, because it's obnoxious. 
like I I mean maybe because we're in the industry at our level we have different opinions but it's like uh, you're not providing anything of note and when and, and and I try to be as positive with Bree when it comes to Notre Dame as I can and when it comes to those games he just doesn't provide anything worth note like he just doesn't that sounds about right I feel better I mean, that, in case you were curious. You, I, I'm happy you feel better. I was getting a little <laughs> worried about you there, but genuinely getting a little concerned. But no, no, Jason Gary, he, it's we are in the industry. We we do this for a living. But the fact of the matter, he's just a terrible broadcaster. You know what his real problem is? I'll tell you what his real problem is. That he thinks he's he he smarter than everybody else. That he has the personality of a cold blanket. <laughs> a cold blanket is good in exactly one situation. When you're an aggressively big human being like myself, and you are very hot when you sleep. <laughs> and even then, the blanket loses its luster because then you just want to warm up again. <laughs> it's, no, Jason Garrett. He has the personality of a cold blanket and he thinks he is the smartest man in the room, which is bold of him as the most 500-est quarterback coach and head coach to ever exist. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Jeff Fisher would like a word. No, Jeff Fisher, he, he would like a word, but I would require him to actually win a debate and he's just going to split it down the middle repeatedly. <laughs> Jason Garrett at least might win one or two. So That's exactly Garrett, why it's Jeff Fisher. No, Garrett... Garrett is the 500-est of coaches. Because Jeff Fisher, here's where I'm going to counter. Jeff Fisher's been to a Super Bowl. He has. Tell me when Jason Garrett got past the divisional round. I mean, that's exactly why he's not there is good. The, that, but... is, that is why he's the most 500-est of coaches. I mean, but Jeff Fisher got job after job after job because of his his head his head his his career record as a head coach. And I think this might count the USFL or whatever extra league he's in now. 175, 173, and one postseason five and six. Okay. You know, here's my counter to that. Jason Garrett, postseason two and three. Career, 87 and 70. So only a 554 career coaching percentage. So, what I would argue to you is that had Garrett had the longevity of Jeff Fisher, he would have aggressively caught him. How about we agree to disagree? Jeff Fisher's the head coach, Jason Garrett's the OC. Okay, and as long as Mangini's the assistant, the defensive coordinator, I'm on board. Oh uh, yeah, that that, 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 that is the good. most that is the averagest coaching staff in the history of the NFL. Oh, uh, with that, we'll step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a couple other things from the world of sports here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Fricker Studios. Freaking chicken chunks, freaking chicken chunks, freaking chicken chunks, freaking chicken chunks. When there's no time to make food for your holiday party, carry out four pounds of freaking chicken chunks for only $34.99. Chicken chunks, chicken chunks. 
Give the gift that always fits a $25 Frickers gift card and get five freaking bonus bucks free. Let them get what they really want. It's 10 p.m. and oh shoot, you didn't make that appointment for your aching knee. Guess what? Northwest Ohio Orthopedics is making it easier for patients to schedule their appointments. Online scheduling is now available. Hop online and schedule right away with whatever day and time works best for you and your family. The new online scheduling benefit is available at all six NWO locations. Finlay, Tiffin, Fremont, Fastoria, Bluffton, and Bowling Green. NWO is always working to make things easier for their patients. Go online, schedule, and bam, done. Need new tires or tire service? Then Wilson Tire Company has you covered. Offering 15 brands of tires and providing 24-hour roadside assistance, Wilson Tire Company can get the job done. In business for over half a century, Wilson Tire Company has three convenient locations. Tiffin, Upper Sandusky, and Kenton. Wilson Tire Company offers mobile services, especially for commercial and farm applications. Check them out on the web for contact information or simply set an appointment from the comfort of your couch. Wilson Tire Company, a trusted partner for all your tire needs. Grit. The word is defined as having courage or strength of character. My name is Mitch Gardner, and I am the owner of Grit. We are a personalized health and fitness organization that will help you find the strength and courage to become the best version of you. Let my staff at Grit encourage you to get healthy in the right way. It's time to take charge of your health, for yourself, your family, and your future. Grit is located behind Ace Hardware and BodyWorks 24-Hour Fitness of Tiffin. Or reach out via email at grit, G-R-I-T-T dot training at gmail.com. Back we are here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios. Lance Morris, Matt Common, hanging out with you here. Big thanks to John Otterbacher from Calvert, Jordan Benson from Arcadia for joining us on the show tonight. We might not be at the Frickers in Finley, but stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings. Tonight, and get their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, their frickin' chicken chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. Pick up from the carryout window. Dine in or get delivery through DoorDash. Daily specials are dine-in only. Download the Frickers app to see more and to place an order. Find them online at Frickers.com. And Matt, there's a couple things I want to touch on in the world of sports before we go. And Certainly. one of them... One of them, Black Black Monday, came and went in the NFL, and there, you know, all those teams made moves that uh, already were waiting to. We already knew the Panthers and Broncos had already moved on from Matt Rule and from Nathaniel Hackett, respectfully. And then we had the Texans and the Cardinals as making their moves. We don't know for sure about the Colts, but probably moving on from Jeff Saturday after his interim role as their head coach. What are some of the teams or what what would you what would be the job you would want of those openings? Um, I would want the Dallas Cowboys once Mike McCarthy gets fired. <laughs> that, that's that's the job I would want. Uh you couldn't pay me to want any of these jobs right now. Um Cardinals pro Cardinals, maybe in reality, it's probably going to be the Texans would be the one that I'd pick. It's a dysfunctional organization. Um, Firing two coaches of color after single seasons, back-to-back years was already a bad look for the Texans made even worse by the history of their ownership and some of the comments and discussion points that have been made by them and some of the other scandals that they've had over the years. But fact of the matter is, they fleeced the Cleveland Browns for three first round draft picks to go along with their first round draft picks. So they're probably going to come away from this year's draft with either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, plus a good wide receiver. They get an additional third round pick from a following trade that happened during the draft between the Texans and the Browns. They get two first rounders next year. And then 
you know, be able to make some more noise at that point. So I'd say kind of similar to the Miami Dolphins for a couple of years where it's like, what's the best job? Probably them. Because in reality, you kind of get to build exactly the kind of team that you want. So I, I would probably lean towards the Texans more than anything else. A close second would be the Cardinals. But the Cardinals, you have to live with the fact that you're inheriting a lot of things as opposed to getting to build from scratch. Uh, the Broncos, I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. They got some good players, good defense, but Broncos country, let's ride. No, let's let's ride <laughs> directly off a cliff so we never have to hear that again. Russell Wilson, sweet God in heaven, please make that end. Um, the Colts are not a bad spot, but the Colts are led by Jim Ursay. And I'm pretty sure the only difference between Jim Ursay and Dr. Evil from the old Austin Powers movie is the amount of hair still left on his head. So he's kind of a lunatic. So you don't really know what you're going to get with him. And the Panthers, they kind of gutted themselves this season. So it's, you get a full rebuild, but you don't really have any of the capital or the players in place to properly execute that rebuild. So I think that's going to take a few years. They might be able to turn it around. There are some decent players on the roster, but Given my choice out of all those, I'd probably go Texans, then Cardinals, probably Colts, Panthers, then a USFL team, an XFL team, local college teams, uh, your kids' junior high squad, maybe coaching up a team of employees at a local Wendy's for a flag football league. Then I'd pick the Broncos. And the uh, other, other big thing, Carlos Correa. Third team of the offseason. Of course, started this offseason signing that big deal with the Giants, then goes to the Mets, signs a big deal with them, but then that falls through, and now he'll end up actually going back to Minnesota where he had signed the one-year deal prior to this past season to go there. And I mean, we've, we've certainly really never seen a free agent move like this before, and we also don't exactly know what his health is going to be moving forward, too, because obviously that has been the red flag for both the Giants and the Mets. I mean, here's the real question Does he think teams in Major League Baseball are like Pokemon? Like, is he trying to collect them all? What the, what the hell is happening with Carlos Correa? I mean, I've, I've never seen a player in my entire life get three. 200 plus million dollar contracts from teams. And the fact is he had to take a pay cut to come back to the twins. I mean, I don't know where to begin because he got a 300 million from the giants. He got a 300 million from the Mets gained only a 200 million from the twins. Well, and he actually had turned down a higher deal from the twins prior to accepting the giants offer and then ended up having to go back to the Twins. So the Twins, if Correa can actually play like the Carlos Correa of old, they're the ones that get the best end of that deal because they were going to offer, you know, $75 million more or so. Yeah, it's I'm, I have no idea what's going on. I mean, Carlos Correa is a very talented player. I am of the belief, I think Major League Baseball has just gotten ridiculous with their contracts. So with all due respect, with the absolute extreme respect I can give, he is a very talented player. Raphael Dever, Davers, Devers, am I saying it correctly? Devers, that's a Devers. 
Rafael Devers is not a $300 million baseball player. This is just getting out of hand with some of these contracts. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that the plane lands here eventually because some of these contracts are just absurd nowadays. And Correa's again, it's, I don't know. He's like three away from a uh, free, I don't know, free contract extension with a team if, on his punch card, I guess. Because I've never seen anything like this. That'll just about do it for us tonight. Big thanks to John Otterbacher from Calvert and Jordan Benson from Arcadia for joining us on the show tonight. And again, stay tuned for our coverage of high school basketball coming your way this weekend. Friday night, we'll have coverage of SBC River Action. Calvert taking on Old Fort. Matt Brown and I have that one for you on WBVI on Friday. And then Friday and Saturday on WFOB, we'll have coverage of Faustoria. Friday, they take on Otsego. Saturday, they'll take on Colombian. That Saturday matchup against Colombian will be on both WFOB and WBVI. From a broadcast partner, Matt Common, this is Lance Moore signing off from the Fricker Studios for the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.